Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. I just called to say I love y'all. And I mean it from the bottom of my crime creep heart. Hey guys, it's Crystal from Kentucky. I just wanted you to know that I tried many true crime podcasts, and I think I messed that up. True crime podcast, and yours is absolutely by far the best one that I'm hooked. I, I have to hear every episode. There are a lot of others that do a lot of back-and-forth banter. Sometimes you guys get off subject, but it's great because I end up laughing or I end up saying in my head the same exact things that you guys were just saying. So, yeah, you guys make a great team, I think, and I really enjoy the show. So have a great day, and I can't wait to hear the next one. We absolutely love that you took the time out of your day and sent that to us, and we're just here to say... We love you guys. Yes, we do. Thank you, Crystal. If you want to be a rock star, just like uh, Crystal there was, reach out to us on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Case Watch Podcast, Twitter, Case Watch Pod. Guys, text and voicemail line is lighting up. 603-212-4600. Good job, Mark. That was nice and <sighs> slow so that people could understand. I know. Guys, I want to I want to see if you can hear this. Ready? Ready? Listen to this. You hear that? I know it was kind of quiet. My dear friend Charity got me a soda stream. I did. And I am obsessed. He is. I am this is <laughs> this is how adult I am. Like I got an air fryer and I decided to do what can mark air fry. So I try everything and now I'm like what can I carbonate? <laughs> So I'm like carbonating everything in my whole house, and I'm loving every bit of it. I don't know how I've lived without this thing, Charity. I told you. This is like voodoo magic that you've introduced into my I life. Know. I'm going to take a drink of it right here live. Oh, he, he just did, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I carbonated that bad, Larry, all by myself. Wow. It Good job, Mark. Amazing. Cherry Cola, because they can't use like official names. Yeah. I brought over two more colas for him today as well. I also got... The fake Dr. Pepper. Yeah. This is like Dr. Pib or something like that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love these things. Oh. Uh, guys, I need a ruling. Oh, this is getting serious. We're going to make this official because I had another shopping incident. Oh, and boy. I don't want to have this come off like, oh my God, Mark's like a bad guy. And like Mark is freaks out at, you know, department stores. <laughs> I don't think it will. <laughs> But I, I am mad as heck, and I don't want to take it anymore. So, guys, 
The finger is out. It's up. Case Watch Court. It's now in session. So excited to hear this. Uh, all right. So I like to shop. That's no secret. All our creeps know that. So last weekend, I was inside my local Walmart. Walmart. And like, I don't know if everybody else is across the country is the same way, but they have one register open and it's packed. And then they have self-checkout, which is even more packed somehow. Right. Like, it's like a half hour line. It's ridiculous. So while I'm waiting in line, this guy who works at Walmart is coming around and explaining to people their new system called Walmart Plus. And I usually like tell those guys to like buzz off because I don't I, pff, right. get out of here. Me too. Yeah. I have prime. I don't need anything else. But then he's telling me like, hey, with this new app, you know, you can order online, have it shipped to your house for free. I'm like, that's mm. kind of cool. That like cool. right from the store to home. He goes, plus we have a scan and go app. That you get to use for free. Ooh, scan and go. Like, I like that. Talk to me with your voodoo magic, sir. <laughs> so he tells me that I can bring my own bags in. I open up the scan and go app. I can go ahead and scan everything, pay on my phone, and walk out the door. And I was like, take my money as fast as you can. I'm signing up for this because I don't, the worst part about any shopping experience is the checkout. Well, and also it, you would think it would help the store also because less people waiting in line. So they would need less employees. Yeah. Yeah, because you to know. cash out anyways. God forbid they're not going to put anybody in a, a checkout anymore. That's true. So me and Kristen went to Walmart yesterday. So now Kristen is nothing like me. Like she gets embarrassed easy. She just goes with the flow. She doesn't like to cause scenes. And I'm not saying I like to cause a scene, but I also, you know, know how to stand up for myself and. He's not beyond causing a scene. That ain't going to happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we go there and I pull out my phone. And I was like, watch this amazing new thing that I can do. So I'm open up the scan and go app. We're scanning our items. I brought my bags in. We're bagging stuff. And I'm like, this is great. So I hit finish and pay. And then it goes, all right, your payment's been charged. You now have to go to the self-checkout. What? And scan the QR code. That makes no sense. So you still have to wait in the line. Yeah. So I was like, this is odd. Huh? So I went to find a manager, which Walmart apparently doesn't have anymore. They're oh. called coaches now, which is, I don't know, new to me, whatever. So I went and talked to my coach. Yep. And he was like, what app are you even talking about? I oh, have no clue what's know? going on. And I'm like, well, well. It's right here. It's on your site. And I like point to a sign. I'm like, it's actually right there in your store. Oh, boy. So he has no clue. The assistant coach does not know. Nobody knows what's going on. But yet they still charge me my $99.84 for this app. And I'm glad. Like, I'm. it's going to work great, I hope. Yeah. But now you guys tell me. What is the point of scanning and going and paying this hundred dollars a year for the service if you have to now go wait a half hour in the stupid self checkout line to scan an effing QR code? Right. They should have a. I think they should have a separate checkout just for the people who use the scan and go. Yeah, like literally put a mini little kiosk near yep. the exit because you've already paid at this point. Exactly. So they already have the money. They just need it scanned to show that you paid for your items. So now, now I'm mad. The, the manager has nothing to do with them. So they actually worked with me. They brought me over and the guy's like, yeah, this is unacceptable. Yeah. We need to figure this out. And just took my phone and just scanned the QR code in front of somebody. And then it just it, now it instantly checked out and he goes, boom, you're done. 
So now the people greeter is watching all of this. Oh, no. Seeing the manager dealing with me, seeing like, and I'm not getting upset. I'm not mad. I'm flustered. There's a a word of the day. I'm flustered. You're you're flustered, but you're also, you probably were glad that. I'm like, this got solved. This is cool. Like, this has nothing to do with them. They did good. So now the people greeter on my way out says, I need to see your receipt, sir. Oh, boy. And I'm like, it's on my phone. Like, it's this new app thing. You just watched all this happen. Right. And she's like, I need to see an itemized receipt. And I need to go through every item in your cart. And I was like, ah, no, this ain't happening. Oh, boy. And at this point, I just said, peace out. And I walked out. And she's like, sir, sir, I need to. I did. (laughs) I need to check your receipt, sir. Come back. And I'm just like, peace. And now. Kristen's like now trying to play peacekeeper and like trying to talk to the person and there ain't no talking to me at this point. And I'm like, I'm done. Like, I don't really care. My transaction ended 55 minutes ago when I should have checked out. Oh boy. (laughs) And I'm like, there's there's no more time being spent in here guys. All right. So basically more your moral of my story is, am I a douchebag or God forbid should this a when a national huge biggest company in the freaking country comes out with a new program maybe they should coach up their coaches on this like come on yeah i think there's there's some things they need to fix but am i wrong to think that i could you know i i don't know where i'm going other than i'm mad and he's really mad gosh you guys had to hear about it am i a douchebag i i don't think you're a douchebag i think you were just very frustrated i just think it's unacceptable get your crap together if you're gonna offer a service like not swearing is so hard because i i am like a sailor (laughs) I love to swear, but I don't do it on here. It's so hard, though. It is really hard. When I told this story to Charity five minutes before we went on the air, there was lots of four-letter words involved in this. It was bad, guys. And she, I'm going to throw her under the bus. She does not think I'm a douchebag, guys. I don't. Because she said the exact words as I'm telling her the story. She's like, what's the whole point of this dumb app, then? I'm like, I know. (laughs) Tell me about it. Oh, All right, Guys, Charity. Let us know. Let us know what you think. What do you have for us today? Well, first off, I have a tiny little palate cleanser sent to us. Oh, I love palate cleanser. Sent to cleansers. us by our friend Walter. I'm going to have you Google something right now. All right. So you, all right. All right. Let me see. Let me grab my phone. Yep. Google what am I Googling? Ghost poop. Ghost poop? Ghost poop. Since uh, one of our last episodes, we talked a lot about, you know, ancient Greece and poop stones and the such. Okay. Read it out loud, Mark. The scholars at Urban Dictionary define ghost poop as the single most satisfying bowel movement <laughs> that man is capable of. <laughs> Generally speaking, a ghost poop means you experience the relief of a bowel movement without seeing any evidence of it, whether inside the toilet bowl or when you wipe your butt. Okay. Walter, A, you have too much time in your hands, my friend. B, there is actually... Back before the time of memes, like, I remember my dad worked at a factory and he did, like, shipping and receiving. And before the time of memes, they used to have these photocopies that they would send out, like, to everybody. Like, my dad would come home with stacks of them. And I remember there was a poop one that goes through, like, 50 different kinds of poop. And it's so funny. I wish I could find that list. And if I can find it, it's going to go out with this episode on Facebook. I think that a ghost poop is a good thing for ancient Greece people so they don't have to use stones oh yeah that's right right I about if they had that. ghost poops they wouldn't have to worry about it yeah yeah but anyways <laughs> i digress you, you digress i have some of 
are criminal excuses, but you know, you got to say the segment name because I, I, we don't really. Terry, you are messing this all up. This is the as of now still unnamed criminal excuses game. I'm sorry. Get it right, kiddo. I will. All right, what do you got? Here's the first one. 54-year-old mailman Michael Sullivan stole over 1,000 packages over eight years. Investigators caught him by leaving fake packages containing money in a GPS device inside the package as well so they could track it. The police stopped him and did a search. They would, of course, find the packages along with other stolen packages. Michael's reason for his actions was that he suffered from stress for many years. He wasn't aware he had stolen all those packages, you know, because of the stress mark. Uh, McFly? Yeah. How can you not be aware? That's like the, uh, well, it's the name of the freaking segment. That is the worst excuse possible, you dimwit. Absolutely. Here's the next one. Hey, Charity. Hey, what? I was speeding, but I'm so stressed I didn't realize. I know. Listen to this one. I didn't know this. This is like sad and weird and stupid all at the same time. Okay. In 1978, Dan White murdered George Moscone, the mayor of San Francisco at the time. He also murdered Harvey Milk. The sad thing is that he was only sentenced to eight years of jail for manslaughter. What? How did this happen, you ask? I'm actually physically asking. Charity, how how does that happen? White apparently had a great attorney, one that would tell the court he wasn't at fault for his actions. He would say White was depressed at the time and had changed his diet to junk food only. Foods like Hostess Cakes, Twinkies, for example. He would say that the junk food fueled his depression. Reporters covering the case would nickname it the Twinkie Defense. I'm pretty sure I could use this defense. If anybody looks at my lunchbox <laughs> on a daily basis, like there's nothing of substance in there. I can't. Like how he got, he only got eight years for killing two people. Uh, how does that happen? A, I feel bad for his, th- these victims families. Me too. B, I mean, come on. The Twinkie defense. Mm-hmm. Twinkies are so overrated anyways. Yeah, I mean, if I it, was it was called like the devil dog. No, I don't even like double Funny dogs. Bone? Funny bones are great, but come on. <laughs> what about the uh, Swiss cake roll defense? Those are phenomenal. <laughs> I like the coffee rolls. Those are pretty good, yeah. too. <laughs> In 2015, a woman named Sal- Sally Bowman sorry, was stabbed and bitten. Her dead body was left outside her home. Through DNA and fingerprints left at the scene, police were able to find the killer, a man named Mark Dixie. During his trial, Mark would fully admit to committing a crime, but said he definitely didn't murder Sally. You see, Mark had been drinking and taking lots of drugs and was simply taking a walk when he came across Sally's already dead body. He couldn't believe his luck. Being a necrophiliac, he just couldn't resist the urge to have sex with the woman's dead body. Oh, my God. Luckily, the jury didn't believe this bullcrap, and he is now serving life in prison. Uh, I have no words for this. Why would you just admit what you did, dude? That's, come on. I mean, I just happened to stumble upon oh, this dead body. Oh, God. As gross as that sounds, and, and it is 100% gross, and I am, let's put that right there. I am not making any excuses up for it, but in the 90s there was a great song because people love it when i sing oh people do love when you sing mark last dance with mary oh i love that song so that song is obviously about mero joanna yes and he's admitted so it's like i love it because there was an interview with tom petty that was like 
you know, that's such a deep song. And how did you come up with it? And he's like, <laughs> uh, it's about pot. <laughs> like, it, it was great. But that video is all about Last Dance with Mary Jane. And yes. he's dancing around with a corpse. Yes. So yes. it's just like, we all love that song growing up. We did. <sighs> we don't We don't love if it's actually something like No. That. I digress. I digress. All right. Well, now that we both digress, Charity, what do you have for us this week? So this story was sent in by our friend Christopher, and it is the story of children, unfortunately, being horribly abused. Trigger warning, everybody, right from the get-go. Yep. Trigger um, warning. It involves two people, Mary Rawls and Alice Jenkins, and it took place in Akron, Ohio. I believe I said that correctly. Do you think I said that right? You did get that one right. Thank you, Mark. So let me just start. We're going to start with Mary. Mary was still in high school when she had her first son named Daryl in 1988. Someone reported her to child services when Daryl was just three months old. The case would be closed when she moved in with her grandmother. I assume child services spoke with her grandmother and were assured that she would be helping to take care of the baby. So they probably investigated and like, okay, now she's with her her grandmother. Things are going to be okay because there's a supervised person there who can help. Mary would have a second child named Danny by the same father as her first one in 1990. She would continue getting pregnant and would have a daughter named Marissa in 1992, another son in 1993 named Tyler, or Ty as they call him. I like that nickname, Ty. I know, I do too. That is good. Another son, Jesse, born in 1995, and finally Caleb, born in 1996. So she was popping out the, the pops pretty quick here. Oh, yeah. When Caleb was only two months old, Mary would meet Alice Jenkins. About this time, Mary found out she had multiple sclerosis and would become addicted to opioids. Let's remember that because this douchebag is going to try to use that later on for not stopping certain things. This wouldn't be good for the children because Mary claimed she was knocked out most of the time with her addiction. Alice would be the one to quote unquote take care of the children. As we will find out, care isn't the word that needs to be used in how these poor children were treated. It seems nothing was off limits with this evil woman. We'll get into more detailed accounts from the survivors themselves, but this is just a little overview. It was a common practice for the children to be kept in a dark closet for months, mostly Jesse and Ty. In doing this, their eyes were permanently damaged. Oh my God, I know this case. Yeah, it's so sad. Okay, now that I didn't know the names, now that you're saying this, oh, I, so I know this case. This also caused Jesse to start pulling his own hair out, a disorder called trichotillomania. I know I said that wrong. Sorry, guys. Jesse has been the most vocal of the children about the abuse. I guess Alice disliked the boys more than the girl, Marissa. She lived with her father and stepmother for much of the years of abuse, but stayed with Mary and Alice on the weekends. The children, who were told to call their abuser dad, were forced to eat their own vomit and animal feces. It's just, it's the worst it's so bad. The only actual food they were fed was dry cereal or an occasional peanut butter sandwich. All the children would suffer from malnutrition so badly that it would stunt their growth. Hammers and belts would be used for the beatings, and this biatch would even kick their genitals while wearing her steel-toed boots. What a and freaking douchebag yep, this lady is. Also, Mark, let's not forget about the cigarette burns on their little bodies. Are you serious? Dead serious. It's like she studied... Gertrude Banaszewski. Ugh. Remember that? I do. Remember that? Oh, I don't even have a word for her. I believe we used wank hammer. We did. That was one yep. of them. Why would 
anyone do any of this to a child or children? I can't even believe this. I know we have to ask this question many times before. We have asked this question many times before. There has been speculation that Alice was so obsessed with Mary that she didn't want her attentions on anyone else. So Mary and Alice were obviously a couple. I don't know about you, Charity, but I always thought if you're with somebody who has children, you treat them as your own. Uh, that's what I would think too, but not Alice. What? I, I'm going to say this repeatedly, apparently. This lady is a freaking douchebag. Yeah. I am so mad. It just, apparently, the children were in the way of her relationship, so she just had to like hide them away because, you know. I don't care whatever excuse the actual mom makes, too for being out of it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Those are her freaking kids. She doesn't wonder where they are. I am Give me with a you. break. I am with you. She's lived right in the house. I know. This is sickening. There was a report made to child services in November of 2002. Authorities didn't visit the house until February 2003. Child services said there were numerous reports about the family over the years. This is so upsetting. Here we are again. Like, well, we talked about this with all these cases that are still ongoing recent. I know. Harmony Montgomery, all the other ones just like this. Yep. Hello, child services. Maybe get on the ball. Yeah. This is unacceptable. And that's exactly what I'm, I'm thinking. Like, we, this has to be a priority. These, these systems need to be a priority. All and right. So child services is solely there for this reason. So if you're not doing this and you're dragging your feet, what are you being paid to do? Well, here's my thing. There has to be a better way for child services to operate. They Maybe they need more funding, more staff. Maybe we need to make some noise so that funding goes to them instead of somewhere else or in your own town or city. Because children, children need to be a priority. Well, let's start with some oversight on what's going on now. Let's figure out what's broken and fix this system because this... This is unacceptable. And if they do need more funding, so they give can it have more, them. let's give it to them. Let's make some noise because you have people there who are not doing what they're supposed to do. Get rid of them because yes. all they should be doing is protecting right. children and families. This wasn't just one call. It was many calls. That's why I'm upset. Just like Harmony Montgomery. Yeah. These poor children are now scarred for a lifetime as we'll see. Ugh. Mary knew about the abuse, but did nothing to make it end. Scumbag. She would use her diagnosis and addiction to opioids as an excuse. Once in 2000, she did gather all her children and go to a friend's house, but quickly returned to Alice. Sounds like Alice held quite a bit of control when it came to Mary. Who knows? Maybe she supplied her with drugs to keep her happy. Because if she was truly addicted, There's I don't know. something going on here. You would think. There is still no excuse for a mother knowing and seeing this kind of abuse by their own partner and doing nothing to stop it. This makes me sick. Mary could have left those children with the friend and asked them to help get the children safe. There was so, so many options. Like, call your grandmother. Call your... They, I'm sorry. There are so many options out there. It's send not, the kids to live with somebody else. You're right. If you don't want them in the life, send them somewhere else. Give them an actual life than what you gave them. This is pathetic. I mean, as we'll see, this goes right on in the house where they all live. There's zero excuses. You know what is going on with your kids. You can't tell me you didn't. Oh, agreed. Since no one was stepping up to help, the children decided they were going to help themselves out of fear of death. April 28th, 2003, according to Jesse, Marissa would open the closet door where he and Ty were held captive, telling them they needed to escape before it was too late. By this time, Mary had full custody of all of her children. Daryl, Danny, Jesse, Caleb, and Marissa stood in the bedroom deciding who was going to go and who was going to stay and wait. It was decided that Daryl, Jesse, and Ty would try and escape out the window. 
after all, Ty and Jesse were in the most danger. So I am going to get into the more intricate stuff later after I talk about the escape. Okay. Um, they tried to be as quiet as possible because they knew their mother and girlfriend were asleep. If they woke them up, they would definitely be trouble. The six children worked to get the window open, being as quiet as they possibly could. These poor kids were in such fear. This is sickening. Think about these little, these, oh. Daryl, Jesse, and Ty climbed out the second story window on the roof. So now they are truly risking their life. They have to jump off of a roof. Being frail and unhealthy and having no strength. This is absolutely upsetting me. Daryl and Jesse slid down the gutter and it made a loud sound. They were petrified and shocked that no one woke up. That left Ty on the roof. He thought about how harsh Alice had been to him. He was beaten the most. And this next part really, really, really pisses me off because he was the only one of the children that was biracial and she did not like that. Oh, this lady is a scumbag yep. in all levels. He decided to jump. He did sprain his little ankle, but it didn't stop him from running off as quick as he could with his brothers. They're such brave boys. The boys ran through the neighborhood, not knowing what to do next. They stopped in a backyard to drink from a hose. They were already dehydrated. I'm sure the running made it even worse. Three young boys standing in a backyard drinking from a hose with no shoes on and dirty clothes must have been quite the sight. A light went on in the house and the boys saw a woman on the phone looking out the window at them. They ran off fearing they were in trouble and would be returned home. How sad is that? This They're afraid is, wow. to even ask for help. A police car spotted the boys and pulled over. They could see how scared and cold they were. They got them to sit in the car by offering them food. The officers watched the boys eat animalistically and knew something was very wrong. The boys were asked questions many times before from social workers, etc. Nothing was ever done, so they thought it was going to be no different. So they 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 looked at these officers and was like, "We're like, well, we, we can tell them whatever we want, but they just they're gonna not going to do anything." Thing. Yeah, it's that, so that's. Sad. Sickening that that is what's in their head. It's heartbreaking. It really is. The system fails. It really does. We need to do better, people. This is pathetic. After hearing the horrors, they knew they had to go to the house. When the boys heard the officers say they were going back to the house, they began to panic, thinking they were just sending them back. They began to plead with the officers to not take them back to the horror house. Oh, that's these little guys. The officers assured them that they would be staying in the car and that no harm would come to them. They called for backup, the officers did, and when they arrived, they knocked the door down. It didn't take long for the boys in the police car to see Alice and Mary being escorted out in cuffs. Thank you, Lord. There is a God. While inspecting the house, police found the closet Jesse and Ty had been living in. There were pea-soaked blankets and pillows accompanied by a horrendous smell this is so pathetic. Plaster had been scratched off the wall by the boys trying to claw their way out. Wow. And when you when you see the pictures, you can see the claw marks. It is, oh my God, it's just so bad. Even though the children were all frail and malnourished, the officers found plenty of food in the woman's kitchen. So they were eating just fine, but starving the children. Real nice, huh? Yeah, that's awesome. Oh. I, I hope they... Ugh. Both? I can't even say it. I'm, I'm so sorry. mad, Jerry. So, I know. I know. I'm sorry, Mark. I was the same way when I when I started looking into this. Both women were arrested, and all six of the children were taken to the hospital for a full workup. They were treated for malnutrition. Some of the children had to stay longer than others. Jesse was in the hospital for six weeks. Oh, my God. 
that's how close to death he probably was. That is unbelievable. Each of the children were carefully interviewed by detectives. I'm wondering if these were detectives trained to deal with children. You know what I mean? I'm sure because they had to kind of gently do it. Well, I got to give this police department something. They actually did something in this case. Oh, they did. Here comes some details, guys. Jesse has said that he has fond memories of his mom before she met Alice at a gay nightclub. He remembers her being a good mother, bringing them to Chuck E. Cheese and other fun activities. So he remembers her actually doing things with them and kind of almost semi-normal. I mean, he was really little, but a semi-normal type of thing, you know? He remembers meeting Alice and then moving in with her. Daryl, Danny, and Marissa's fathers had custody at the time. So it was just Jesse and Ty and Caleb, the baby, at first. The other children would come over on the weekend. So my understanding is that Daryl and Danny had the same father. Okay. He, at the time, had custody of them, and they would go on the weekends to Mary and Alice's house. So they were only going on the weekends. All right. For a while. I have questions, and it's confusing. Me too. And Marissa would go to her father's and stepmother's. So he got remarried, and they had kids of their own, and she would be there, but go on the weekends again, back with Alice and Mary. So... Jesse and Ty, this is why they suffered the most abuse. They were all abused, but they suffered the most horrific abuse. So I hope that cleared it up a little bit. That did a little, because I had questions about that. I was confused. Mary was busy with Caleb most of the time, so that left Alice to care for the two older boys. Things started getting a little messed up. Before Alice would leave for work in the morning, she would tie Jesse and Ty to their beds, their feet and their hands. These poor little things. This is ridiculous. The boys would figure out how to break free. And by the time Alice got home, they would be hanging out with their mother and Caleb. So they kind of thought it was a game at first. You know, oh, she ties us up and we can get free because they're little kids. Yeah, I you can kind of see that they're not thinking someone's evil. And apparently it wasn't that tight because they could get out of it. So at, at first they were like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing, whatever. This really pissed Alice off, so she decided she needed to confine them in a harsher way. She would lock them in separate rooms across the hall from each other and tie a rope from each door handle. There was no way they could get out. Because yeah, you you pull one, it yep. closes the other. Yep. This would be all day, from eight to four. Their mother never even checked on them. She had to know about the rope. You cannot tell me, because I'm sure they tried pulling it. And we're making noise. Yeah, there's no excuse for this mother, who is a ginormous piece of trash. Yep. I mean, she didn't even think to maybe, oh, I haven't seen my kids all day. Let me go look for them. No. This person's pathetic. Yeah. When the boys had to go to the bathroom, they would pull up the rug in the corner of each of their rooms, do what they needed to do, and then pull the carpet back over. Wow. I just, I I, I have no words. Yeah, I I don't either. I have the chills. I just have no words. I can't imagine the smell and the filth these little guys had to endure. I just can't imagine that. Alice had also started starving them, giving them less and less food every day. The weekends weren't as bad because the other children would come over and Alice was afraid they might tell their fathers about the abuse. So on the weekends, they weren't as abused as bad. Or at, least, or at least they wouldn't do it in front of the other, other children. But all the children, as far as I know, were malnourished. Marissa would return from her visits and tell her father and stepmother some of the horrific things she had seen. And one of the things that she saw was one of the boys um, had an accident. 
So he was strapped to a car seat and uh, put upside down in a corner until he peed and it went on his face. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Why didn't her parents do anything, her other parents here? They tried. They called child services more on more than one occasion. And we'll get into that later, what happened with them, because they tried and they were stopped. All right. So this just goes to tell me that child services is obviously not out there to actually protect children. When the boys attended elementary school, they couldn't read or write and weren't even fully potty trained. It was clear they were malnourished due to their size and no one ever asked them any questions. See, this is what I'm upset about. Yep. This is pathetic. Because if you look at the pictures, there's pictures of the children when they were, you know, finally rescued or escaped and tiny, tiny malnourished children. This is unacceptable. We need to do better. Yes, we do. Mary somehow gained custody of her other three children and now all six children were living in this house with this evil couple. I don't know how, uh, well, I I, I do kind of get into how I think that happened, but I don't know. Marissa still had visitation with her father and stepmother, so she was really abused. This is when the abuse started to get even worse. The children were all pulled out of school to be, quote-unquote, homeschooled. The upstairs closet was cleaned out, and this is, was now where Jesse and Ty would be locked up. This would turn into a three-by-five jail for these boys. Mary decided a lock wouldn't be enough, so a large brown dresser was also slid in front of the door. It seemed as if there was no escape. Can you imagine? I, I mean, most kids are afraid of the dark, right? I think every I kid is. I was. I was petrified. You're in a dark closet. I'm sorry. My closet as a kid had. Mine had, had uh, ghosts and ghouls. Mine and had a everything. monster in it. Yep. But it wasn't Sully from Monsters Inc. Because he's, <laughs> he's cute. I would love it if he was in my closet. Oh. Let's just take a moment to think about how scared they really were. Sitting in the pitch black for months at a time. Months. Months, Mark. This is unbelievable. Ugh. Having to go to the bathroom in a small place where they eat and sleep. So not only were they in the dark for months, they went to the bathroom in the tiny little closet where they had to eat their food and where they rested their head for the night. I try not to get on my phone and do stuff while we're doing this podcast, but I just had to look up these wenches and they are like in court in this picture and extremely happy. Oh, yeah. I could not be more upset with any of this. Oh, I know. The starvation got even worse. Alice was now only feeding the boys once a day. It was almost always only half a peanut butter sandwich that they had to share. Are you kidding me? Nope. I just saw a picture of the mom. It didn't look like she was suffering from malnutrition here. This is going to hurt your insides. At this point, when they were sharing the one half peanut butter sandwich, they learned if they threw their food up, they could (gasps) re-eat it. Oh my God. I I don't, I have nothing to say about that. I, I let that sink in there. I can't even imagine the pain these children have went through. Yep. And I can't even imagine what they're going to have to deal with for the rest of their life. Nope. Jesse has said that he developed an eating disorder as a teenager because he couldn't keep food down because of the damage done to his body. Nice, huh? This is unbelievable. Ty got the worst of the beatings. Alice absolutely hated him. 
He would get in trouble for the smallest things. If the woman heard them whispering, Ty would get whipped with a belt. Naked, by the way. Ugh. Tyler has said he felt just like a slave. He was the only child that was biracial, as I said earlier, and Alice singled him out because of that. The five boys were always in trouble for supposedly stealing the women's weed. So they were in trouble for stealing the weed, but if the women were high and in a good mood, they would offer the boys a joint. The little, little boys, little boys. They all described the same black beading belt. Alice would make them take their clothes off and whip them with a belt, even striking their genitals. This monster also enjoyed using a hammer, as we said earlier, a nightstick. Wonder where she picked that up, and of course, her fists. She used all of that. She hit Jesse so hard with a wooden spoon that it broke. This pissed the wretched woman off, so she stabbed him with a rough edge. Oh my God. Jesse now has a Band-Aid tattoo over that scar with the saying, I forgive you, and his mother's initials. He's better the person than me. Damn straight. Oh my God. The boys were only given a tiny bit of milk a day because the see you next Tuesdays didn't want to let them out of their jail to pee. They had to try and hold the urine because it was on, was a rare occasion for them to be brought to the bathroom. And if they had an accident, Mark, before they made it, Alice would make them lick it up. Let's let that sit there for a second. Oh, yep. my God. Yeah. I don't think I can state enough how much these children are going to have to deal with for the rest of their life. You just think every one of us here, just let's to try to take it out of the beating aspect and the absolute horrific way that they were raised and taken care of. Yep. I grew up with five siblings. I was one of five. Yep. So there was a lot of love in my house. I had none of this stuff, but I was taught things back then because I was one of five. Like we were not a rich family. We didn't have a ton of money and we all ate but some yep. of us wanted to eat more. So everybody got used to eating as fast as you could so you could be the one to get seconds. Yep. And that has carried me on into my adulthood where I'll be out eating somewhere and I will just eat my food as fast as I can. I, I've never been able to not do that. Oh, I see what you're saying. So now you think of what these children had to endure their entire childhood and how much that's going to live with them for the rest of their life and how much that's going to affect them. This is so unfair that people can do this to children or anybody in that aspect. This is unacceptable. I am. This is why I'm so mad. Like this is unacceptable. It's absolutely deplorable. I hope everybody that was involved in the child services that let this neglect go on is out of jobs. I hope so too. This is unacceptable. Let's fix this system, people. This is ridiculous. It's, it's horrible. Absolutely horrible. I'm going to go ahead and stop right there, Mark. This episode deserves and needs a part two. I agree with you. So, guys, things are going to be a little bit different. Um, so we have a very, very special episode for you Thursday that we've been working on for quite a while. So that will be this Thursday. So this part two of this episode, you guys will hear next Monday because you do not want to miss Thursday's episode. Guys, we love you. We love all the interaction. Facebook, Instagram, Case Watch Podcast, Twitter, Case Watch Pod. Want to follow us on Instagram? I am at notmarkb. Charity is at charity underscore case watch. Also, do not forget these five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts help us out. We are going up these charts faster than a rocket, and we have you to thank for it. These crime creeps are amazing. Also, we had a few crime creeps reach out and ask if they don't have an Apple phone. 
is there a way they can leave a five star? So I was told, yes, you can download iTunes on your computer and then you can search on iTunes for this at, for Case Watch Podcast and leave a review there as well. You just need to sign up for an Apple ID. You can also rate us on Spotify. You can actually now rate us on Facebook as well. Oh, that's right. So you can leave a review on Facebook. So go ahead and do that as well. Guys, we'll see you on the next episode. Have a good one. Bye, guys. See ya. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.